Welcome to another episode of How You Can Too with your host, your boy, Alvy Daniel Thompson Jr., a.k.a. Mr. You Can Too. I have a solo episode for you today that is near and dear to my heart. This subject is so important, yet I don't think it's focused on enough, whether you are an employee or an employer. And this subject, my friend, is well-being. We're going to dive into the five different aspects of well-being, how it shows up in the workplace, and ultimately how an individual can take personal responsibility for their own well-being and how you can ask your employer to bring more well-being solutions into your workplace because at the end of the day, what you do at home affects your work. And what you do at work affects your home. So well-being can be a great solution to help both of those aspects of life. If you enjoyed this episode, please, please, please share it with your family, friends, and loved ones. It would mean the world to me if you leave a five-star rating and a review of the show. I honor you. I appreciate you. And as always, you can too. Enjoy the show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Appreciate you tapping in with me today. In this solo episode, I want to talk about a subject that is present in each and every one of our lives. And no matter where you work, whether you work for a Fortune 500 company, whether you work for yourself, you're an entrepreneur, or even a stay-at-home mom, I think it's so important that Every single person understands the role that well-being plays in your everyday life. Here's one of the lies, one of the biggest lies, actually, I believe we're told. And it's this whole idea around work-life balance. Here's the lie to me. What's wrong with work-life balance is that that insinuates that work and life are actually on the same plane. They're worth balancing each other against each other or they're worth comparing to each other when in reality life is at the top and then work is one of the main pillars of life yet they're not meant to be compared against each other at the end of the day life is all-encompassing which means that it includes your everyday work experience yet One of the other problems I find is most of you make work the sun in your solar system. Your work is the center of each and every decision you decide to make. And trust me, I get it. Work is important. Work is what allows you to bring in the money to pay for your needs. It gives you shelter. It gives you security. It gives you food right? It gives you joy, all of these things, or it gives you the money to spend on things that you enjoy, rather. But ultimately, what I find is people will sacrifice their health, their well-being, their family, their friends, their hobbies, all at the expense of the job. And not to make that wrong or bad, but I want to simply point out that maybe, just maybe, It's not the most effective way to live life. And what I want to do in this episode is 
dive into what is well-being and how does well-being play a huge role in the workplace and at home. I think something that many of us have noticed since the pandemic is that work and home life are constantly getting blurred. If you find yourself now working from home and you're working at the same place as you sleep, the same place where you rest, the same place you eat, the same place you raise your kids, where you hang with your family, it can make it really easy to let work affect your home life. And on the other end, it's really easy to have your home life follow you to work. And we see that often, even before the pandemic. I mean, people take their work experience home and people take their home experience to work. It simply is what it is. And because of that, I think it's so important for employers to recognize this, to understand that those two parts of life using the the overall rhetoric, because, you know, I've viewed as separate, but the overall rhetoric is that, hey, this this idea that both work and quote unquote life have to intermingle and they will intermingle only all the time. So what I want to talk about here is how employers and how you as an individual can really start to think about your well-being and how you can have great well-being at the workplace and at home. So let's go over some definitions. The first thing I want to talk about is what is well-being? What does that even mean? According to the CDC, well-being is judging your life positively and feeling good. According to Merriam and Webster's dictionary, it is the experience of health, happiness, and prosperity. And ultimately to me, well-being is feeling good and functioning well meaning mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, you have a centeredness to you that you can always go back to. You know what it's like to be even keeled, to feel positive emotions, to ultimately feel good about your overall life. And when we talk about functioning well, I mean, you're able to do the things that you need to do on a day-to-day basis to be successful in every aspect of your life. And what I love, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Gallup company or the Gallup polls, but basically they do a whole bunch of assessments of different companies, different industries, organizations. They're typically all about interviews and seeing what is the what is the overall status of how people view their jobs. And they create a great book called Wellbeing at Work, which is all about how to build resilient and thriving teams. And I love this book. It's been a powerful book for me in the next chapter of my work life and what I'm looking to do, getting into the corporate wellness world and being one of the founders of Opti Wellbeing Solutions. And I love how in this book, they break down well-being into five elements. And these five elements are your career well-being, your social well-being, your financial well-being, your physical well-being, and your community well-being. Simply stated, let's give 
each one of those fives the definitions that they use. And for career well-being, that is simply you like what you do every day. Whether you are working for somebody, whether you're working for yourself, whether your work is taking care of the household, career well-being is all about you liking what you do every day. When we talk about social well-being, that's you have meaningful friendships in your life. You have people that you can count on. You have people in your life who look out for you and you look out for them. We're human beings, we are social creatures, and social well-being is a huge aspect of well-being overall. The third one is financial well-being, meaning you manage your money well. No matter how much money you're making, it's really talking about do you have the resources, the knowledge, the skills to properly manage your money so that you don't have to stress about having the things required of your life. The fourth one, and this is something I think most people are familiar with, is physical well-being. And physical well-being is very much concerned with you having the energy to get things done. So think about this. If there are specific activities you want to do, certain tasks you're looking to complete, certain goals that you want to see through, physical well-being is all about having the energy to create your destiny to have all those things happen. So physical well-being is super, super important. It's how you eat. It's how you rest and recover. It's your exercising. It's all of those things are part of physical well-being. And the last one that I talk about in the book is community well-being. And it means that you like where you live. The place where you live is a place that you enjoy. You have peace you have people around you. Ultimately, it's a place that allows you to feel safety. What I love about the book and how it talks about all these aspects of well-being, and this is also in congruence with how I see well-being and my business partners at Opti Well-Being Solutions see well-being, is that all five of these have an additive effect on performance and health. Here's what this means. If we talk about these five different parts of well-being, if you work on just one of them, that's going to have less impact on your overall performance and health than if you worked on two of them, let alone three, four, or all five. If you're working on all five of them consistently, then that means you are putting yourself in a position to perform at a very high level and to ultimately have great health physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Where I'm, What I'm seeing now in the workplace is that it is not just on the individual to ensure that they're thriving in their life. Here's what I mean by this. I'm a huge, huge, huge proponent of personal responsibility. It always starts with the individual, meaning it is up to the individual to make sure that you are doing the things that you need to do to fill up your cup in all of these avenues of well-being from the career, the social, the financial, the physical, and the community. It is up to you. And what I'm saying is that it is in a company's best interest to also make sure that their employees are putting their 
or putting the well-being of their employees on a pedestal, making it important. Because their studies and many other studies out there show when an employee feels cared for by the employer, they are 69% less likely to leave that job. When an employee feels cared about by their employer, it takes a 20% increase in income for them to even consider leaving their job. What I think is so fascinating about that is that it shows that money is not the end-all, be-all. It's very important, yet a person's not just going to leave their job or you're not just going to leave your job if you're truly engaged and you're thriving and you're enjoying it there simply for a small bump in money. It has to be substantial, at least a 20% increase is what they're showing. I know there's a lot of companies out there who look to increase the engagement of their employees. They understand that there's a direct correlation between how engaged their employees are versus how productive and effective that employee is. Yet, what I find in my own studying and my conversations with so many people in the workforce, especially with my work with my one-on-one clients who all work for big companies and big entities, is that when that individual isn't feeling cared for by their employer, whether that's because they're not getting enough feedback, whether they're not working and allowing to develop their skills, and many other reasons, that person feels more stress. They feel anxious. They're unsure. And ultimately, they're not happy with where they are currently working. So if you are a manager at your job, or say you are a founder of a company, or that you run a company, and you have employees, it is incumbent upon you to start to think about how are you currently looking at well-being in your workplace. I want you to pause for a moment, and I want you to think about this two different ways. I want you to think about it through the lens of an employer if you have employees. And I also want you to think about it in the lens of the employee who works for somebody else. One, for the employer. What are you doing for your employees, career, social, financial, physical, or community well-being? What type of systems do you have in place? What type of resources do you continue to have available? What type of learning do you put in front of them that allows them to pick up these skills and to better themselves in the specific aspects that they need? On the other side of that, as the employee, what are the resources that you have available for your well-being? What is your company doing for you to ensure that you feel great physically, mentally, emotionally? How often are you getting feedback? If they're providing food to the office, is it food that boosts you, that gives you more energy? Or is it food that just increases the size of your waistline? Because it's always donuts, muffins, bread, pastas, things of that nature. So understand, there's a relationship here that can be so strong between an employer and 
and his or her employees when the well-being is put front and center. Now, mind you, there's many programs out there, but the effective programs are the ones that are tailored to understand the needs of the employer and the needs of the employees. What I want to do now is actually share with you a couple of different ways, if you're a manager at your company, or even if you're an employee, what things can be happening inside of the workplace that can actually better your well-being and ultimately create more engagement and build a better culture. So first, let's talk about career well-being. Career well-being is extremely important. And if you want some action items on how you can actually increase career well-being, here's some things you can do. One, make sure every person in your organization knows their strengths. What makes them great? What are they passionate about doing? Because when you allow your employees to be working towards their strengths, they're going to get so much more satisfaction out of their work day to day. And when you know or when a person knows that their strengths are going to be used properly, that's going to make you more attractive as an employer and more people are going to want to work for you. And if you're an employee, think about how your strengths are being utilized. Are they being utilized? Or are you constantly doing things that don't really work towards your strengths, that don't light you up? Because you are meant to be using your strengths in order to better the company, increase productivity, efficiency, all of that within the workplace. Another thing in terms of career well-being, if you're an employer, you're going to want to get rid of the abusive managers. It really doesn't work anymore having managers that are just breaking down employees and ultimately trying to rule by fear. You actually want to upskill managers and have them move from that boss archetype and more into the coach, being the guide, being the person that actually use proper methods that actually teach the employees that the manager is working with how to improve their performance, how to be better at what they're doing, how to sharpen their strengths, as opposed to just beating them down. You want to really embody, if you're a manager, that archetype of the coach. And then the last one is, you can think about making well-being part of the career development conversations. How are you bridging that gap when you're having conversations with your employees on how well-being plays a huge role and how they are improving themselves as a person, how they are proving themselves as an employee, ultimately understanding that when you feel well, you perform well. So that's the first thing we want to think about when we're talking about career well-being. Second thing I want to touch on is some action items for leaders for social well-being. One, include socializing in your onboarding programs. When you're bringing people in, give them the opportunity to meet people who already work there. Give them an opportunity to make relationships. Give them the opportunity to feel part of the culture, part of the family, as opposed to feeling isolated on an island. 
This is even harder today because there's so many people working in a hybrid work schedule or a hybrid, um, yeah, it's a hybrid work schedule where they might be working at the office two days a week and then they're home three days a week. And we also see companies where employees are working 100% at home. So it's so much more difficult to create socialization. So with that being said, what type of solutions are you coming up with so that new hires who are working from home still have the ability to socialize and to meet their team? Because as a human being, when you feel welcomed, when you are part of something, when you have that familial feeling or when you have that tribal feeling where everyone's marching to the same beat, it allows people or that individual to have such better well-being and so much more mental and emotional health. So you really want to be thinking about how are you socializing in your onboarding program. The second thing you want to do, especially as a manager or a leader, is take the time to get to know your employees. If you're working with people, and like I said earlier, home life bleeds into work life, work life bleeds into home life, you want to be checking in with your employees to make sure that they are doing well, that they're okay. Ask them about their life. Ask them about what they're going through. Ask them what they're excited about, what they're passionate about right now. By building that rapport, you're going to increase the social well-being between you and that employee and the overall culture of the company. And the third thing you can do is integrate all these different aspects of well-being into your work culture. When you start to integrate different aspects of career, career well-being by publicly recognizing people who are doing well on the job or by incorporating financial well-being by encouraging people to share their ideas on reducing financial stress and having people within the business collaborate together and to mentor each other on those types of things are extremely important. When it comes to physical well-being, ask coworkers to share their health goals, to share their strategies for success, because ultimately there's probably someone there at your workplace who is doing a great job of being physically well and you can tell by their energy, by the way their skin looks, by their, their, their mannerisms. All of that can be tracked by their physical well-being. So make sure that you're asking those people what's working for them and creating that trust and that openness where people can share. And when you talk about community well-being, having opportunities for people to get together socially and work for a cause, whether that's through something like Habitat for Humanity, whether it's mentoring, whatever it may be, give the opportunity for social well-being to integrate all the other aspects of well-being and watch how it can transform the culture at your company. Third, financial well-being. So one of the things that you can be doing as a leader is to be able to provide some type of financial planning, tracking, investing, and savings resources or tools. There's so many things that are out there. There's so many companies who specialize in that and who work with actual companies to share these resources with their employees. So by simply seeking out these companies and having that as a resource for your employees would be absolutely huge, huge, huge. 401k plans are great. Uh, matching 401k plans are great. 
and give the education, provide the resources where a person can go deeper into figuring out what works for them and what's going to allow them to be successful. And then also when it comes to your managers, you want to train your managers to have effective pay conversations with employees to improve perceptions of fairness, meaning you want to have regular conversations so that your employees know how they can increase their salary, how they can get a raise, how they can get to that next step based off of performance, hitting certain accolades, milestones, etc. But by having that open conversation where money can be discussed, again, it creates that trust and it builds that rapport, especially between the manager and the employees that that manager works with, which is so important. And the fourth one I want to talk about is physical well-being. A big one is, as a leader of a company, is to reinforce behaviors that have long-term benefits. You want to reward people when they are doing great things for the health. Recognize them for it. Emphasize that there's some short-term benefits to your employees and long-term benefits to your employees when they are working on their physical health, whether that's getting better sleep, whether it's eating healthy, it's getting more movement and exercise in on a daily basis. By allowing that into the workplace and giving time for that in the workplace is really going to contribute to better physical well-being for the employees. So you really want to focus on being able to reinforce these positive behaviors to the ones that are already engaging in it. A second thing is you want to make it really important that your management is communicating the importance of physical well-being to the employees, saying, hey, your rest is important. Hey, when you eat well, that's important. Because all of those things allow the employee to feel good, which ultimately is going to allow them to perform better. And if the employee is performing better, that's going to be great for the employee, it's going to be great for the manager, and it's going to be great for the company overall. So I highly, highly, highly encourage you to have those conversations where you are really demonstrating how important your employee's physical well-being is to their own success and the overall success to the business. And lastly, managers, leaders, when you are providing information to your employees, let's make sure that they're factual. There's so much information out there when it comes to nutrition, exercise, stress management, all of it. There's so much information out there. Make sure you are getting your information from a source that is credible, that knows what they're doing, that doesn't have an ulterior motive, and understand that there are certain things that are pretty tried and true for most people. And there's a lot of information out there that really shows that certain people are going to benefit from certain things. But overall, it's about encouraging your employees to do the research themselves, to take the time to figure out what is going to work for them and encourage them along the way. That is so important. And I'm telling you, if you can maximize your physical, your mental, emotional well-being, it is going to go a long way in improving, one, your relationship with yourself, two, your relationship with the people you work with, and three, the overall mood effectiveness, and the culture of the company. And the last one I want to touch on is the fifth one, how you can make community well-being 
more applicable within the workplace. So as a leader, you want to think of being aware of the community issues that are most important to your employees. Again, when we go back to the social aspect of well-being, if you're having conversations with your employees and seeing what's important to them, what's going on in their lives, you're inevitably going to understand and come away with what are the community issues that are important to them. And then seeing as a workplace, what community issues are going out on in the world or in your community that you could work on that match your company's values and your individual's employees' values. Because ideally, you'd want all three of those things to match. Because if not, there's going to be some friction going on in the workplace. There's no shortage of issues out there that people care about, yet you want to figure out what are the issues out there that truly pertain to the issues that match your values as a company and your mission as a company. A second thing you want to do here is encourage your employees to choose community programs that are personally meaningful to them. Meaning, you can give your employees the opportunity to volunteer for projects that they're passionate about and excuse them from work for a certain amount of time. This is a great opportunity for you as a company to providing community service and for the employee to provide community service in a way that is meaningful to them. And the last one is give up, give your employees the opportunities to share what they are doing in their community with coworkers so that other coworkers can get involved if that's something that they care about. And again, this goes right back into the social aspect of well-being because it gives your coworkers or your employees the opportunity to talk and see what do they have in common. What are the issues that they both care about or the whole group cares about? And now you're giving them the autonomy to go out and work on it and let them support their community, which ultimately allows you to support your community. So overall, what we've talked about are the five aspects of well-being that are in all of us that are part of all of our lives. And this is career well-being, social well-being, financial well-being, physical well-being, and community well-being. And now we understand that it is upon us as individuals, and it's also up to our employers to put together systems that allow each and every employee to feel that their well-being is taken care of. And when that well-being is taken care of, engagement increases, the culture becomes stronger, and ultimately that workplace is a workplace that people are going to flock to because of the reputation that they are building. So if you're listening to this and you are an employee of a company or if you are an employer of others and you have people that work for you at your company, I want you to walk away from this episode and really think about how is well-being showing up at your workplace. If you feel like there's something better that can be going on there, I invite you to share this episode with some people. Share this episode with the decision makers. Bring up a conversation with the decision makers. And also what you can do is you can reach out to me. I'm super excited about this new endeavor that I'm on with three of my partners, one of which is my fiance, Alejandra, and then two of my great friends, Dr. Cody Crockett and Matt Coleman, all of which who have been on my podcast before. 
You've heard them on different episodes. Cody was actually on last week's podcast. And all of us have a huge desire to improve the well-being of the world one workplace at a time. And because most people work and most people spend at least a third of their waking hours at work, it is so important that people have the tools and that workplaces are providing the tools for people to feel well. Because ultimately, when the employee feels well, the employee wins and the company wins. It's literally a win-win situation. So for me, it is so important that you take care of your well-being. It's something that I work on every single day intentionally. It's something that I teach all my clients to do, and it's something that you can too. So I appreciate you tapping in. If you want to learn more, check out our website, optiwellbeing.com. And you can also reach out directly to me, Alejandra, Dr. Crockett, or Matt Coleman. And we will be happy to sit down with you and talk about how we can bring these solutions to your workplace and help you increase your well-being so that you have more fulfillment, peace, and excitement in your life. I appreciate you tapping in. Have a phenomenal rest of your day. And as always, you can too.